0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. Welcome to the show. We're recording this one on May 12th. It's schedule day. So the NFL gets a free agency day, a, a draft weekend, a whole weekend for the draft. And they I forget every year, Henry, they, they get a schedule day as well. So uh, this one feels a little overblown, but it's another fun one for you and the crew at the Patriots Wire, right? You get the break news about who the Patriots are going to play all day. It's a fun one.
1: I couldn't be more excited. <laughs>
0: I could hear it in your voice, man. Every <laughs> year
1: for this day, it is on my calendar. I am amped.
0: I always Uh, forget about this one, and then it shows up, and everyone's just tweeting about it, and it's a huge deal. And I'm like, man, this is a big deal.
1: Okay, it's the most preposterous day in the NFL schedule every (laughs) year. Uh, It's an event. people could sense my cynicism. Like, the NFL just likes to be on everyone's mind. It's like they just want to make sure that you know that they're the drug you can't quit. But in reality, this day is ridiculous. They wait until 8 p.m. to release the schedule. But... They let some teams release their schedules 15 minutes early. And somebody at the NFL office leaks like 50% of the schedules by like mid morning. And this is every year. So it's like, why do we have this big show when literally the information is just going to get like, first of all, if you're going to do this, like release the information in the morning, but um, if if you have to like release it in the evening, like it's just it feels so silly because it, the information is out there. Uh, we just put up an article on Patriots Wire, and we waited like probably longer than we should. The information was out there at noon. The entire schedule was yeah. out there at noon.
0: Yeah, the whole show is on Twitter now. You just go open up Twitter and you can find the yeah. schedule in two seconds. It's right there. Uh, I don't know. So uh, so one thing I did see on Twitter while I was perusing through the Patriot schedule, Henry. Uh, I saw this tweet by Jalen Mills. I think you retweeted it or liked it or something. It showed up on my timeline. Uh, Jalen Mills, and the new player on the secondary, the Pats picked up from the Eagles this offseason. He goes, uh, "Pats fans, what game are you most excited about this year?" I'm pretty sure I can guess, uh, and it's you, we all know what it is. It's the it's the Brady Belichick Bowl, right? And uh, so they're gonna they're gonna host the Bucks in Week Four. Brady's first time dressing in that opponent locker room. I just feel like the scene at Gillette Stadium is going to be something akin to like a game seven for the Celtics, Sox, or Bruins. You know, I just feel like that game is going to be, that's going to be one you, you can't get a ticket to. You don't want to miss. It's going to be freaking awesome. I'm already looking forward to week four. I know the Patriots open against the Dolphins. I don't really care about that one. I I, I want week four. I want Brady Belichick in Foxborough Super Bowl champs. It sounds like there's like a passing record he might be able to break on, the, on top of it all. So... I mean, we're all looking forward to week four, aren't we?
1: So I think everybody who had that, had that game, like nationally and locally, had that game scheduled on their, their calendars to figure out, you know, what's, what's going to be one of the most important games this season. Obviously, that one will be it. And like you said, if Brady averages 289 yards per game, he will set the all-time passing record at Gillette Stadium wearing – a non-patriots jersey. So that would be pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, it's just so uh, much karma right there, you know. It's very karmic.
1: <laughs> and special. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think I think even Patriots fans would be kind of pleased to see that happen if they're home crowd. But for all those Wall Street bets people out there, all the cryptocurrency and NFT traders, all the top shot people, let me tell you, if you can get your hands on a ticket to that game right now, you are going to see like a 5X uh, increase. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not allowed to get financial advice.
0: <laughs> That's not what I'm doing. But you're on something there, Henry. <laughs> this you is are.
1: all a joke. But, yeah, no. That I mean, those tickets are going to be worth so much money on the day of. And um, like, even if the Patriots are 0-4, people are going to want to see them lose their fifth straight to Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, there's oh, yeah. always going to be drama, no matter what happens, to start the season. Or, they, they would, sorry, they, they would be 0-3 and then lose their – their fourth but basically that's the game i mean the the, the legacies are on the line like every storyline that's kind of going to be cliched will also be true <laughs> that this is a massive matchup for both belichick and brady and the build-up to this game is going to be absolutely massive
0: yeah it's going to be a game seven and uh you know i think we have a better chance of uh putting in for credentials to that game than we do getting tickets, Henry, you know, so uh, I might have to try to call my old newspaper, see if they can get me a credential of that thing. I want to be there. It kind of reminds me a little bit. So I was lucky enough to actually be in Cleveland when Brady played his first game after Deflategate. Uh, It was at Browns and my girlfriend at the time was a Browns fan Uh, and she bought us tickets. It was like an anniversary gift. And uh, I was uh, planning to propose shortly after that. We went to that game and it was uh, just tremendous and uh, I think this one takes it to it takes it to the nth degree and uh, but it's also the return of Gronk and a B right there's it's just so it's just so good it's just so freaking good uh and then oh by the way I saw on Patriots wire that Jason Light says that uh he'll let Brady play to 50 if he wants and so I don't know if Brady does keep playing and keep winning Super Bowls and keeps coming to Gillette Stadium and beating the Patriots like I don't know it's gonna be uh it's gonna be painful. I don't know. I, as excited as I am to watch Brady come to July, like, I don't even know who to root for anymore. Like I'm, I'm losing my mind as a Pats fan. Like I, I, just I don't know who I'm supposed to root for. Am I supposed to root for Brady? Am I supposed to wear my my Patriots underwear or my Tom Brady hat? Like I have no idea. So uh, that thing is going to be really hard. I, I feel like as excited as I am for that, it's going to be painful. It's going to be straight pain.
1: Well, th- this is actually such a special moment in history because we may not actually see it again. Like. Yes, uh, Light is saying that, it'll, that he'll let Brady play until he's 50, but Brady would actually have to play until he's 48 to get another game at, uh, against the Patriots because these teams only play each other every four years, I think. So that would be the timeline. The Patriots would go to Tampa to play Brady. So basically that kind of helps put into scale just how important this game is it may be the only time Belichick and Brady play against each other. Yeah, and like, unless Brady pulls a Brett Favre and joins the Jets in two years. But so you never know. But it seems like all things are hunky dory between Brady and, and Tampa. And this will be a pretty special game. And yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm going to be there. I, I'm going to definitely uh, get my credential and attend for that game, no doubt. Yeah,
0: you're going to put it for it early going to be a big yeah. media contingent there it's gonna be like an afc title game which have happened uh, plenty of times at foxborough so uh there's our thoughts on schedule day and coming up next i wanted to get henry's take on uh, a story that piqued my interest on patriots wire breaking down the predicted starters on offense and defense i think it could get us into a little conversation about position battles heading into the summer we'll get into that coming up next <laughs> All right, Henry, just, just some quick housekeeping notes here as we get into our second segment here. Uh, this is going to be our final pod of the spring portion of the offseason. You know, we're getting through the heavy lifting of the offseason, right? The free agency and uh, the draft and schedule day, right? So we're getting through all of this. These are the big, these are the big moments in the offseason. And we're going to take a little bit of a step back. But uh, we'll be back in the summer. And I think it's just a, it's a time to kind of reflect and be like, hey, we've been almost doing this for a full year now. It's been a blast. You know, I love the Patriots. I'm a Patriots guy, obviously. And uh, But it's been a blast talking to you, Henry. You always kind of uh, – you always know how to say the right thing to calm me down, especially during the season when I'm upset about something. So uh, it's been good. It's been fun working with you, and I do appreciate all the people out there that have listened, shared the show, done the thing, subscribed to uh, help make this thing a little success. We're, as long as we keep recording it, I, I think it's successful, right?
1: For sure, yeah. I know, I know all you li- listeners out there love us just a little. <laughs> Absolutely, Hello.
0: absolutely, yeah. Even if they don't want to admit it, Henry, right? Yeah, they're bashful Sorry. about it. Uh, so I referenced earlier a post on Patriots Wire, kind of breaking down the predicted starters, offense and defense. I feel like offense a little bit easier to predict, right? We kind of know it's kind of cut and dry. Like we know Damian Harris is the top running back. We know if you follow the money, Nelson Aguilar is the top receiver. And then, oh by the way, we know who the tight ends are. They're actually going to be your top targets. I think wide receiver, two is an interesting one. Julian Edelman being out, I think, is a a notch in the belt of Jacoby Myers. You know, he's definitely going to be a prominent player in the offense, you know, at least a secondary kind of receiver. I think quarterback is still kind of interesting. I mean, you put Cam Newton as your projected starter. I agree with you 100 percent. But you also said that this feels like a coin flip. So you still feel like deep down there's still maybe an outside shot for Mac Jones, right? I actually don't think so. I don't think we're going to see Mac Jones. I I doubt we'll even see him at all this year. But you think there's a coin flip chance, 50-50, that we could see Mac Jones week one against the Dolphins?
1: Historically speaking, when quarterbacks go in in the first round, they start in their first season. That's just how it goes. Because teams invested so much draft capital in a very good player, and they just want him on the field. So... He went at 15th, which means he's not quite like the guys who usually go in the top 10 or even five, right? So the expectations for him will, for him will be slightly ro- lower. But I'll defend Cam Newton. think he'll be better in this system with a stronger supporting cast. And hopefully with Josh McDaniels doing a better job running an offense that works for Cam Newton rather than against him. Sure. But... All that said, Mac Jones got picked in the first round because the Patriots think he was one of the 15 best players in this draft. That says something, something really substantial about him. Now, last time we saw the Patriots pick at 15, I think it was Nate Solder, and he spent the whole season as a backup. So it's possible that they want to sit Jones behind Newton to give him a year to learn from Newton. By the way, Nate sold the run at 17, but you get my point. Right. So Newton Newton could be the mentor, the one-year bridge, so that the Patriots can get Jones ready. I just think with Saban running a fairly similar offense, with Jones looking fairly pro-ready, and with the Patriots investing such significant capital and showing their faith in him, I could see him easily making a case. For the starting job next year. Now whether Bill Belichick wants to stick to his guns. And be like yes. The veteran has to start. And the rookie has to sit. Which is like a thing he does every year. Absolutely. Whether it's yeah. Nate Solder. Or Josh Uche. Or Dante Hightower. or I mean it just the list goes on. You look at all the first rounders. And very few uh, got substantial play time. In their rookie season. So that's why I'm like. Belichick's history says Mac Jones won't play. The rest of the league's history says Mac Jones will play. And that's kind of where I see the coin flip. Is Belichick going to stick to his guns or is he going to go kind of with, is he going to fall prey to the kind of thing that most teams fall prey to, which is you took this kid and you put a lot into him for draft capital and maybe you just decide to play him when he looks ready, which might be week one.
0: Yeah, okay. We'll we'll see. I think that all makes sense. I think Bill is, he's at least setting the stage, Henry, for some type of training camp battle, right? He said, I think in his comments, he said, look, Cam's our quarterback, and whenever Mac Jones, and he couldn't help himself, he had to throw Stid in there, too. Whenever Mac Jones and and Stid are ready to compete, then we'll get there when we get there. Uh, But at least it sounds like there's some type, like, unlike the Bears, who are just, like, adamant, no, 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 Andy Dalton's our guy. He's our number one. He's our QB one. At least he's not doing that thing. Uh, But it does feel like Belichick just loves Cam. It feels like the team respects him. I feel we're all kind of leaning that way, right? Like, it's going to be Cam's team. Like, come on, Bill's not going to let Cam not face Carolina in Week 9 in Carolina, his old team. Like, he's got to let Cam do that thing, right? Do the whole the dance on the field and all that. Bill's not going to deprive Cam Newton of that, is he? No, but I just feel like, I feel like it's more likely we, we don't see Mac Jones at all till year two. But crazier things have happened. Who knows? Who the hell knows, Henry? Because Belichick never picks quarterbacks in the freaking first round. So how the hell do we even know? Uh, but I think, like, a lot of this stuff is kind of set, like, offensive line. I think we kind of know what's coming. The defensive side of the football, though, is a little bit different, right? Like, interior defensive line. You drafted Christian Barmore. You have guys that have been around, like, Dietrich Wise. You have Lawrence Guy as well. But you also brought in... Uh, Devin Godshow you have Henry Anderson you brought in I look on the edge too like we had Josh Uche and Chase Winovich last year and now we have Matthew Judon Kyle Van Noy and Ronnie Perkins who they drafted so you have three guys that are were not on the roster last year that are back I think Judon and Van Noy are probably going to be the starters so I feel like the big battles to watch on deep are on the defensive side which ones intrigue you the most Henry going into the summer
1: So I I think the tricky thing about that is what what has happened over the last few years in New England is that there's kind of, like, barely such a thing as a starter. There are, like, players who get slightly more substantial snap totals than others, but ultimately the concept of starter is almost moot because these guys are, like, they, they each play a down, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. like Lawrence Sky plays down one and two, and then Dietrich Wise comes in on down three. Or, you know, they all have these situational roles where, you know, if it's a heavy passing game, like Chase Winovich and Dietrich Wise could be on the game on the field more than Lawrence Guy. And and last, you know, in years previously, like Danny Shelton was a big guy who, who helped with these um, running downs. So, but this year will be interesting because... I think if Christian Barmore can consistently play at the highest level that he was playing in college, which would be surprising for a rookie, but but if he can, he would be a starter in my mind, and he would he would be playing a significant snap count. And uh, Devon Godshaw would be the same way, where I think if he can play at the caliber he was playing in 2019, before he injured his pec in 2020, which sort of, Shortened and negatively impacted his his season last year, which is why I think the Patriots were actually able to go out and get him in a free agency uh, for a reasonable price. Although some people felt like they overspent, but it, but I think that's definitely interesting. Is like, okay, how is that group, that defensive interior, how how is that pecking order gonna gonna fall? Because Henry Anderson is actually a really good player, sneakily, I'd say. Yeah. And I could see him getting an edge role or a defensive end role that makes him, you know, the John Simon of last year, sort of like an edge-setting player on that helps with run defense, but, but is, by setting the edge, not necessarily by, like, clogging interior lanes. And um, Byron Cowart was a fourth-round pick a few years ago and has not been great. Honestly, so is he going to miss the cut? Even let alone miss, you know, snaps on the top end. And then Carl Davis, a name probably Patriots fans don't even know, was a big part of the second half of the year for New England. But admittedly, that second half of the year was some of the worst run defense Bill Belichick's ever coached. So, um,
0: I think most uh, of us were watching the red zone channel at that point in the year.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that we'll ever have a starting. Uh, defensive tackle, but I think we we can see how the pecking order sort of emerges as, like, who who's going to do what and how much are the Patriots going to be doing each thing? Like, who's going to be the the interior rusher, kind of like what Adam Butler was last year? I think that could be Christian Barmore. Um, who's going to be, like, a big space eater? Well, that's pretty obvious. That's going to be D- Devon Godshaw. Definitely. And I think he can do it basically – on three downs. So that'll be interesting. Um, Lawrence guy, he kind of tapered off last year, which is why I think the Patriots let him explore free agency. They weren't sure that they needed him back. So, uh, that's probably more time than any Patriots fan really needs to hear about the defense. <laughs> of but it's, you're right. It's a very interesting position. And on the edge, I think it's kind of cut and drive. Like you said, there's Judon and Van Noy. I think Van Noy can kick inside on third downs and that is an opportunity for Uche and Winovich to get on the field a little bit more in edge rolls. And I think to some degree, Perkins might be able to, but he might need a year really to crack into the, the lineup.
0: Yeah, and there's plenty of guys ahead of him too, but it, it just seemed like last year Belichick was – he was just he just wanted a, a reason to leave Chase Winovich in, in this like situational role. He didn't have Winovich out there every down. You remember that? Like he, yeah, he kept being like, why is this guy not getting the snaps? So this is like – I feel like this is like a per- there's more bodies this year. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with COVID too. But more bodies, more interest, and uh, yeah, I think the the camp battles on the defensive side of the football are going to be really interesting. And you know, let's leave it here, Henry. You know, to that point, like, do you think the needle's pointing up with the Patriots this year? I mean, I think last year was kind of kind of rough, right? Like from the opt outs to the team kind of struggling yeah, after Cam got uh, COVID. And, you know, the season kind of tapering off. And we kind of kept trying to pretend that they were in the playoff hunt. But we kind of knew after that Buffalo Bills loss that they weren't. And uh, the writing was on the yep. wall. And it was just kind of a tough year all the way around. And then, oh, by the way, you got to watch Tom Brady win a Super Bowl in Tampa. But I feel like, you know, the Patriots have kind of kind of done everything they can this year to put the needle up, right? They've, they went all out in uh, free agency. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. They went against kind of their... You know what they usually do in the draft for sure. Uh, so, what do you think about just the team and the interest in the team heading into next year? Do you feel like the needle's pointing up on the Pats?
1: It has to be pointing up. I think the question is, how much does it does it actually?
0: <laughs> how fru- how that- fruitful is it? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Like how how much are we heading up? Are we? I, I made jokes about all, Wall Street bets earlier, but like, are we headed to the moon? Are the are the Patriots going to the moon? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think they have a tremendous amount of potential, and there's so much to like about the way that they stocked up their team in free agency, especially considering, you know, I talked in the last po- podcast about why I don't really think this draft class is going to be super fr- fruitful, namely that the amount of draft-eligible players was half as many as last year's draft. So if anything – They're going to have a hard time getting talent from this year's draft. And I think they did a good job getting a quarterback. Uh, And so if nothing else, Mac Jones is a starter for years to come. This draft will be a success. But, you know, we talked about how he may not make an impact for this team until 2022. So that's one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, yes, the, the, the Patriots were aggressive in building this team up, but did they do enough and how much of their investments are going to bear out? So, you know, John o. Smith, Hunter Henry, is that tandem really going to be worth 12 and a half million per player? So 25 million a year for that tandem. Is that worth it? Is Nelson Aguilar, especially, I mean, I've been hard on that contract all off season, but is he going to be worth 11 million a year?
0: Probably the biggest is surprise be, of the off season. Yep. No doubt.
1: Right. He's so going to be the number one receiver in this offense because that's what he's getting paid to be, and he and Jacoby Myers are going to be kind of the top two options at receiver, and maybe the third and fourth option behind Smith and Henry in the uh, in the passing offense. So there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of room for optimism, but you have to expect that some of this doesn't go right, and so it's like how much of it will not go right for the Patriots because. There's not a lot of room for error. The, the Dolphins were 10-6 last year. The Bills, I forget, I think they were 13-3 or, th- or something, but they were the best in the division, and they were Super Bowl contenders. So it will be fascinating to see. It's obvious the Patriots are, an, are in an upward trajectory. How high they can go, uh, that remains to be seen.
0: It's always a blast talking football with you, man. You do a great job breaking everything down for me and and turning my, you know, stupid questions into a uh, thoughtful insight. So I I do uh I do appreciate it, man. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting back on here later this summer and talking about 2021.
1: Yeah, dude. Yep. Well, we uh, we'll miss all the listeners for the little gap here, but hopefully we we prepared everyone for the football winter, which <laughs> will shouldn't be too bad because everyone will have their actual summer to enjoy themselves.
0: We will be back around August, around around training camp time. And uh, we hope to see you all there with us. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates. The latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast. Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.